Welcome to the Perky Collar Radio Show, where we talk to entrepreneurs from across the globe to learn why they started their company, what mistakes they've made, what they learned from those mistakes, and they all share an incredible success story. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David M. Frankel. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you Matt Bell. He's the founder and principal consultant for Message Up. Good morning, Matt. How are you today? Good morning, David. Doing very well. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for being here. Well, let's kick off the show with the why. Why did you start Message Up? Well, so Message Up is a, is a coaching and education business. Um, we're focused on helping B2B leaders design and deploy effective content marketing strategies. But I got to say, starting it was really two steps at the end of a long kind of serendipitous career that's taken me from frontline engineering into technology development, then corporate venture capital, and then finally into, into early stage business. Um, now, I think it was, was it Tom Clancy or Jeff Bezos? One or the other that said, uh, every overnight success is 10 years in the making. Um, exactly. And, uh, you know, for me, I think my key decade was probably 2009 to about 2019, um, when I was the president or CEO of three different venture capital-backed companies. Um, one was a manufacturing business. That one did quite well. The second one was uh, an enterprise software business that was struggling during the downturn, one of the recent downturns. Um, and the third was a, was a, a de novo startup in, in the lab services space. And, you know, while it was, it was fun being the guy at the top of the totem pole or the tip of the spear, whichever one you prefer, um, the bigger those businesses grew, the more time I was spending coaching and managing the team and working on finance with the CFO and handling investor relations. And what I realized is I'm a builder. You know, I love to build things. Uh, there's a reason I played with Legos as a kid, a uh, reason I became an engineer. So the bigger those businesses became, you know, the less time I was spending on the stuff that really, uh, really excites me, lights my candle, which is you know, figuring out how to make the business grow um, as effectively as possible. So so in 2019, um, I decided to turn my side hustle. I'd been helping friends and you know other companies on the side with with strategy and with marketing into my full time job, uh, and that became a business called Strategic Peace. And then by 2021, um, you know I realized almost all of the B2B clients we were working with were struggling to get seen. They were struggling to get the business noticed, struggling to turn those prospects into clients. Um, and looking at it, B2B buying was changing so fast, um, accelerated by COVID, of course. Um, and the companies, those companies were just struggling to implement the skills and the processes they needed to, to market themselves effectively. So I started Message Up to fill that gap, um, providing CEOs and marketing leaders um, at, at B2B companies with the coaching and the frameworks they needed to develop and operationalize effective content marketing. Excellent. Well, you've been on quite a journey. Yeah. Yes. When I look back on it, yes. It didn't feel like it at the time. But just, you know, when you piece together all the steps I've taken. I had a guy recently call me a lovable mongrel because I'm not, I haven't sort of specialized in one thing and done it for my whole career. I had, uh, yeah, 25 years of, uh, of building who I am today, which has been fantastic. Yeah. And I'm sure each step in the process or each company you've worked with has helped build your ability to get to the next step, next opportunity. And I think a lot of our listeners maybe feel stuck in a position they're in now or how much longer or aren't 100% happy with where they are now, but it's all a stepping stone to what's next. It's just hang in there, get the experience, get the knowledge, and hopefully the next step is even more enjoyable than the step you're in now. 
Yeah, so true. I, I don't think, if I think back on what I took away from each of those positions, I bet I wouldn't have flagged that at the time as the thing that I was learning, right? You, you, but when you look back, you go, ah, that's what that job really taught me. And I didn't realize it at the time. But yeah, it all adds up. And I think the other thing is, is making those leaps, right? When an opportunity comes along, you can't always say, ah, oh, now I know exactly how that's going to build on what I've done before. Sometimes it's it's a bit of a leap of faith, um, uh, but it works out. So yeah, definitely has think, helped me get where I am. And I think it's also a testament of your ability to get outside your comfort zone. You know, working with one company and that's it, get comfortable, got your nice paycheck and so on and so forth. But once you feel that the challenge isn't there, you're not growing as a person, if you just stay comfortable, that's great. However, you're not going to grow anymore. You're not going to challenge yourself any more ways. So it's nice that you're able to work with several companies at one time, take on those challenges, take on those failures, those mistakes, and so on and so forth, learn from them, and then allows you to launch another company or launch you know, the ability to be CEO for another company based on those experiences. So I think that's very important. Yeah, I think that comfort zone concept is, is sometimes a bit of a myth. You think you're in a comfort zone. And then when you stop and think about what you actually want out of life, you realize you're not. When I became a CEO, I thought I'd made it, right? Um, when I was working, you know, I was in a big energy company and I'm, I'm sitting in the venture capital group, I thought I'd made it. And then I realized you know, it was just a grind. I wasn't, I wasn't getting fulfillment out of it. And so I, I gave up that, you know, that career path and, and joined an early stage business, big leap of faith, obviously joining a, an early stage company at any point for anybody. Um, and, and then after three of those, I realized, wait, this isn't my comfort zone either, really. You know, I am comfortable in it, but it's not what I really want to be. Um, and then you make that next step. And so, yes, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's all good looking back. It's a happy story looking back. It was very uncomfortable at certain points along the way. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people listening can relate to that. 100%. I think it's your willingness to be uh, uncomfortable. Okay yeah. with being uncomfortable, I think is important. Knowing there's something better around the corner and just doing the best you can with the situation you have today. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people about, oh, it's, I'm miserable with this or miserable with that. I'm like, just do the best you can with what you have to work with right now. And another opportunity is around the corner, but just give it everything you got. Uh, and yeah. like you said, once you got to CEO, it's easy to say, oh, I've arrived. Woohoo! Celebrate. <laughs> this, is, this is the end. This, I'm not going to do anything different from this. And then typically, almost every CEO is like, okay, now I'm bored. I want to do something different now. Let me take the experience I've had as CEO of this company and apply it somewhere else. What's the next new challenge around the corner? And your willingness to take on the next new challenge and not to stay comfortable with the, the position that you're in. Yeah, it always surprises me when you see CEOs leave one company and then start another one that's exactly the same. I mean, I, I imagine they're trying to improve upon what they, they did the previous time. But I, I think the guys that or people that end up being the most successful are the ones that, you know, they move through different types of businesses, not just doing the same one over and over and trying to sort of, you know, rinse and repeat, reprint the same success. Right. And I think a lot of people, too, if you're a CEO, you have a lot of control, but you don't have full control. And I think a lot of CEOs at some point say, I wish we could do this, wish we could change this process and this process, how we do this. And the company says, no, you just can't. I'm sorry. And at some point you're like, you know what, if you can't do it this way, which I know is a better way, then I'm going to go find a company that I'll start myself that can do it that way because I make the rules. Yeah. And, and what you lose control of the most is your time. I mean, you're just, there's just too many things to do. And so you, a lot of things you would love to be working on, you cannot because you have all these other obligations and, and commitments. So that to me was the biggest thing, leaving, let's call it full-time employment, you know, working for a, 
an investor-backed business and taking control of my life, I took control of my time and I can choose what I work on. And that to me was, that was the biggest freedom I got out of, uh, of starting strategic peace and then, and then message up. Correct. Yeah. I mean, our time is our most valuable thing. It's the only thing we don't have an endless amount of. Indeed. So we have to use it, use it wisely and tomorrow's not guaranteed. So make the most of today. Absolutely. So Matt, walk me through, obviously you've had several uh, growth opportunities. We'll focus just on message up just for simplicity of the interview. Uh, walk me through some things you did in message up that you find or not necessarily mistakes, but challenges you, you came across. If you could do it over again, you probably would do it differently. But this kind of identifies some of those mistakes or challenges you faced. And then most importantly for our listening audience, uh, walk us through what you learned from that mistake. So hopefully they can avoid the same mistake you made. Yeah, look, I'm happy to call them mistakes. <laughs> There's plenty of them for sure. Um, but they're learning opportunities, right? I mean, I think that's a cliche, but yeah, it's so true. Um, 100%. You know, the, you know the, the mistakes is where you really figure out what to do. Um, you know, I think in advance, I was I was kind of reflecting on this a little bit, like, well, what would I say my biggest mistake or my consistent mistake I keep making is? And it's, it's always trying to go too fast and trying to do too much at once. Um, you know, from the start, I, I knew I wanted to scale message up beyond just in-person coaching because there's only so many businesses, so many businesses one one coach, one person can coach, right? Or even a group of coaches can reach. And so I wanted to, to reach bigger than that. So I wanted to capture my ideas. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to do in-person, you know, group training events. I wanted to launch online training. So that way hundreds of people could benefit from my work, you know, without me having to be there all the time. Oh, and Obviously, I wanted to blog. I wanted to be a thought leader. I want to do speaking events. I want to run webinars. You know, you, you get what I mean. And what happens, of course, is that, you know, I, I pursue too many things at once and nothing gets finished, or at least it doesn't get finished on time or maybe to the, you know, the quality that I, that I aspire to. And I rush into things before I built a big enough audience, for example, so they don't reach that objective um, of, of touching a lot of businesses. Um, I get halfway into developing a training event only to realize, you know, the material that I'm building it around is actually changing as I'm in parallel writing the book. So, so I think that's, to me, that's been the biggest mistake I've made, you know, running, building my own businesses here, go, trying to go too fast. Um, you know, I loved it when uh, it was, I think Brian Gerstner from White Label IQ was on one of your recent episodes and he called it niching down, um, mm -hmm. you know, which to me means focusing on what matters most now. Uh, what you're best at, what's best going to contribute to to achieving the company's mission and vision, um, and you know I can see where this held me back in in previous businesses as well. Not not just strategic piece or message up. Um, we hired people too fast and ended up making mistakes that we then had to you know dig our way out of. We built products without doing enough customer discovery. I don't think you can ever do enough customer discovery. Um, you know, we said yes to projects before we fully understood the implications, and I think it's it's really hard to balance doing the right amount of homework against the risk of missing an opportunity. Um, and that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's, you know, that's one of the important roles a CEO plays, right? Taking the right amount of risk so the company can succeed more often than its competitors does. Um, so that temptation to rush in to avoid missing an opportunity is, is yeah, that I'm going to call that my, my big mistake um, and repeated mistake. So I obviously don't learn as fast as I should. Um, and so, yeah, to your second point, you know, what did I learn from the mistakes? I, well, slow down, obviously. Um, but seriously, though, it's about <clears throat> it's about being strategic. Um, it's about being methodical, intentional. Uh, you know, that word has become more and more important in my life. I think being intentional about what you're doing, organized, being realistic, only you know, taking on the number of things that can can get delivered 
fully on time to the right level of quality. And they're all good things. You know, I'm quick to coach other leaders about these things. So, so my, my learning probably is take some of your own medicine, you fool. Um, and you know, what I realized is it, it, it just takes time to build any business, no matter how clear your idea is, how scalable that idea is, how reusable your content is. Um, it's good old lessons. Like don't put the cart before the horse. Don't run before you walk. Um, so in my case, uh, with message up, I stopped, I refocused on researching the material, writing the book or what well, actually became two books. Um, now I've moved on to getting the word out about those books, developing the online training that goes with them, making those ideas accessible to the wider audience. Um, I'm recording the audiobooks when I can find enough time to get in the studio, but I'm not doing that as fast as I'd like to because I don't have the bandwidth. Um, and so, that, yeah, that's, I guess the other big learning was pause more often, reflect on how things are going, see when they're getting off track. If, if I was more diligent at that, as a leader, um, I'd have been able to refocus sooner if I'd given myself a chance. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. What about the thoughts? You mentioned a book and now a second book. Uh, I, I know since you're doing coaching, what about the concept of doing a workbook with a book so that the people that are in the business can reflect on what you're teaching and they have activities in the workbook to go along with that lesson? Is that that is. That is absolutely a concept that I, I set out with. Um, so, so there's two things happened. I, I, I wrote a manuscript, um, which was too big and too verbose as all authors tend to be. And in it, I included a whole bunch of uh, exercises that would tie to a workbook. And then I engaged a professional editor to help me turn that into something people would actually read. And she asked me several questions, one of which was, is this a textbook? Or is it something you want people to read cover to cover? And that's actually a very difficult question to answer because on the one hand, I, I want it to be both, right? I want a leader to be able to pick this up and get engrossed in it and read it through and learn all the things I have to say. And then I also want it to be more of a reference where they can dip in and, and just practice the piece that they're most interested in. But mm -hmm. I had to make a choice. Um, so what ended up happening in that regard is I left suggested actions in the book um throughout the book so so they create these pause points where indeed someone can can be sort of in a guided way working through it and then i have got some some worksheets some some templates if you like that are downloadable from the website as a sort of optional uh piece based on the advice that i took from you know an, a, a business book editor who said you know what a lot of these kinds of your, your audience a lot of them don't want that structure. Some of them will, and so have it available, but don't make that the sort of focus of the book. That shouldn't be what it's, it shouldn't be built around a workbook. So I, and I, and I chose to follow that path. Interesting. I wasn't sure if it'd be a resource that's helpful, if it's something that they can always have as a, as a guide to go back to, like you mentioned, kind of like the textbook concept. Um, but I think it also helps for some people, again, this is just my opinion. Uh, it helps make the, what you're learning a little more real. Like it's like, hey, you need to go out and do this. Oh, okay, that sounds great. But then do you apply it? Or you just read it and then move on and you go back to your daily routine. But if you read it and then I'm forced to apply it into a workbook that uh, applies my business to what you're teaching, I think it helps connect the dots. But again, everyone's busy. The hard part is finding the people that are willing to fill out the workbook and willing to, uh, to, to complete the activities that you're requesting. And that's probably the hard part as well. 100%. Yeah. I mean, there are some people for, who will be in the moment. They're actually doing this right now. And for them, implementing it is is straightforward. And it's certainly the best thing, right? When you learn a new skill, you hear about it, you want to sort of do the 
go and practice one straight away and embed that and begin, begin practicing that skill. But quite a lot of the audience that I'm reaching out to haven't necessarily made the choice yet that they want to commit to doing content marketing for their business. They're still reading around it, learning about it, figuring out what it's going to take. Is it right for me? Is it something I think our business can take on? So I wanted to be approachable to both of those piece, parts of the audience. So yeah, so I think I think having the having the prompts in there, if people choose to follow them, having the 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 make the sort of workbooks pieces, the the um, the templates available for those that want to use them. That way, everybody can approach it in their own way. Right. And I think it adds a whole other element to your coaching too. Like, hey, what was your answers in the workbook that you came up with? And then you can discuss those answers. Oh, I didn't do the workbook. Okay, well, now you know how serious are they? You know, it's kind yeah. of a way for you to reflect on your clients as well. It's like, well, you, you said you're ready to get started. You said you're ready to improve your content marketing. You say all these great things, but you're not doing the things you say you're going to do. Therefore, I can't take you as seriously because you're not putting the time in. But they do take the time to work on it. And if, even if they fail, hey, like, you know what, Matt, I'm just not good at this. That's okay. That's what I'm here for. Hey, let's, let's give you some suggestions on what you can use in that workbook and make it a whole back and forth of helping them. And then, you know, they'll, they'll dip their toe into the marketing and it'll fail or be successful or get a little success. And I think it's just a, a great, you know, mentor type uh, program you're setting up here, which I think is fantastic because it allows them to have someone uh, walk them through the process and it makes the process not quite so scary. And I think that's really important. Thank you. Yeah. That, that you have, you've hit on exactly, you know, the, that's a key piece of the why of message up. It's to provide a framework. It's not to tell people how to do their business. Um, it's to give them a framework to kind of hang that business on some reference points. I think talking to, you know, a number of CEOs about why they find this subject unapproachable or shy away from it or overwhelmed by it, intimidated by it. It's, it's because there aren't those stepping stones. It's a big, tall mountain but there's no ladder, there's no staircase guiding them up it. And so my goal was to sort of walk them through it in a stepwise manner. Um, and they can take or leave as much of that as they need. For some, it just was a, a sort of a comfort factor. Oh, okay, yeah, I am doing the right things. For others, it was I had no clue where to start. Now I know where to start. Um, and yes, obviously, I'm, I am a consultant, so a coach. Um, you know, I'm, I'm there to step in when people say, hey, we need... We need more support than just the book. We need someone to come in and actually help us work through this. And that's, that's obviously the other part of my business. Right. And, and I think just getting people to understand their short-term and long-term goals. You yeah. know, don't just focus on the long-term because all you can do is frustrate yourself and, and it'll be disappointing for you. Set some short-term goals. Some that are very achievable in a day, in a week, in a month. And when you achieve those, it just gives you excitement and enthusiasm to take the next set of goals. And, as long as they understand through your coaching and through your support that they're getting one step closer to that long-term goal, it makes the long-term goal a lot more exciting, a lot more doable, a lot more attainable, a lot more reachable. And I think it's all part of the short-term, long-term goal process is to help them understand, stop thinking so big, or some people don't think big. Some people just think about today. So you have the other, you have the other side of the spectrum, which is they only think about today and tomorrow and this week and never big. So like, no, I want you to think about where do you see the business in three years, five years, 10 years? Oh, I have no idea. Well, let's think about it. Imagine what could it be like? The magic of thinking big concept. So I think it's cool because you're going to have all kinds of business owners in very different perspectives. Some that only think big, some that only think small. And, and both people need help on the other opposite end. They need to help you know, set some short-term goals. They also need to help find some long-term goals. And the fact that you're there to guide them on doing what's uncomfortable for them, I think is very important. 
Yeah, I agree with all of that. <laughs> if this was video, you'd see me grinning away to myself here because one of the ironies <laughs> of marketing is almost every leader looks at marketing and thinks it can be done quickly and they can have everything yesterday, right? And a lot of that's to do with the some of the nonsense that we see on social media. Like, you know, we'll cram your agenda full of appointments and you'll have leads coming out of your ears. Marketing takes time. Uh, you know, content marketing, we, we regularly say it's a six to 12 month thing. It's not a six week thing. And um, so, so yes, setting short-term goals, realistic short-term goals is really the key. And, and you said that. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, you've got to have all these length scales in play. Uh, it's, it's great to have a three-year vision and be working towards it. But you also need a three month plan that you are executing on that you can you know have these these achievements along the way um, yep and it keeps you going keeps you motivated as well absolutely absolutely so matt uh since we're talking about achieving goals let's now kind of wrap up with a success story a client that you've worked with that came to you with some needs and has just blown up has had incredible results based on your coaching uh, it, it ultimately reinforces your why, which is the reason why you get up every morning, the reason why you start the business. But when you have those success stories, that's your fire. That's your motivation. Is there a client you can think of that you're just so proud of that has just had incredible results and you've enjoyed working with? I, I have a couple, though I will say Message Up is a very young business, right? We've only had this business going for, well, really, really going for a year and a half. So we don't have a lot of client stories. Well, client stories that we can share yet. There's certainly a lot in progress that I'm, I'm super excited about. Um, you know, I could go back one step and, and talk about how I was involved in that, that manufacturing business. And, and we took that from initial investment to, you know, 100 million revenue. And, and it was eventually acquired for, um, you know, a large number by a publicly traded company. But I'm actually going to almost dodge your question here with, <clears throat> with a tacit apology and say, I think it's, you know, sometimes it's a mistake to focus only on those big home run case histories that, yeah, sure, they showcase the solution in all its glory. But my, I mean, a big piece of the why at Message Up is about helping those individual leaders be the hero at their organization, um, whether they're a CEO or, you know, a marketing leader, whatever their, their role is there. And it, it's about what's important to them right at that time for them to be able to make a major difference. It doesn't mean their business has to grow a thousand percent in a year. Um, there's lots of little success stories and anecdotes happening around a successful business that I, you know, I think sometimes those are more relatable, but just as impactful. Right. So, sure. so I'll, I'll give you a couple of little examples that I thought of as I was, I was, you know, thinking about this earlier on, which is, you know, I'm, I, I mentioned, I think that I'm, I'm spending time in the recording studio producing the audio version, the audio books for, for the, for the books. Um, and I, we got to the end of one of those recording sessions uh, and my audio engineer, Austin, says to me, he says, you know, I've been working with a friend, helping him launch a new business. And that chapter that we just finished recording has made me realize we completely overlooked some important foundational stuff. And that gave him some ideas that he and his buddy could immediately go and implement. And, and that got their business off to a strong start. So that was almost a serendipitous thing, right? That wasn't even me selling him the book, you know, it was, it was coincident, but the material touched him. Um, other end of the spectrum, you know, I, I worked with an old, uh, I should probably say established is probably the more PC word, I guess, uh, steel distribution company. So heavy industry, been around for several generations, actually, I think it was a third generation family member involved, several hundred employees. They were starting a digital business where their smaller customers would be able to search and, and purchase products online without having to go through a salesperson. So it was a big step from their very traditional sales sales process. 
And, and it was great for those customers who would just be able to order stuff from their phone. And it was great for their salespeople because they could then work on larger accounts, more complex orders. What was really interesting in, in my involvement with them was what they realized is they had leads and prospects coming in through this digital system, um, but they weren't immediately purchasing things. They, were, they, were, they weren't quite ready. And so they were going to hang around and purchase later. They were getting totally lost because the company didn't have a system in place to capture them. And what they needed when we, when we dug into what this business was doing, they needed a major overhaul of their, their CRM system, their customer management system um, to support that digital business. If they hadn't done that, I think it would have failed completely. They would have shut it down. They would have gone back to, to where they were. But because they got deep enough into it to get to that realization, um, it unlocked a whole new line of business for them. And, and I, it's doing very well today. So actually, interestingly, that completely derailed my marketing project. I couldn't go anywhere further with it because we didn't have that system in place and it would take several months for them to, to, to do that before I could get involved again. So, so it wasn't a great success point, I guess, for me as a, you know, in the, in the project that we had laid out, but as a coach with their business, it was a major aha moment, big step forward for them. So I think those are like, they're not, you know, oh, we blew this thing up to, you know, from zero to, to, to 10 million in, in six weeks. But they're those little pivot points or turning points in the business that the right piece of information at the right time, taking the right approach to it, being diligent and really sort of laying the groundwork, thinking things through properly, um, sets things off on a much, a much more powerful trajectory. So I, I, right. I would say those are, you know, some of those smaller, but, but poignant successes to me, it's like, yeah, I, we could bring that to your business. Um, and hopefully that's relatable to, to some of the listeners here that, you know, are, you know, it's not necessarily about a big transformation and a major, um, major step forward. It's about finding that, that key change to make that unlocks then the pathway to success for your business. 100%. And again, I think it's ultimately, if, as your clients realize what needs to be done next so they can get to the next level, that's just as important as a major financial success. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, the CRM, if it wasn't for that discovery, they would never be able to get to the next level and they'd scratch their head and not figure out why. Right. But because of that discovery, you're able to get them on the right path so that the opportunity is now in front of them that wasn't there before. So that to me is, is a huge success story. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like, you know, the engine in your car is making a funny noise. You don't go replace the whole engine, right? You bring in right. a specialist to listen to it and tinker with it. And they turn the, it's a famous cliched story, right? They turn the correct screw, you know, one turn to the right and suddenly everything is fine. Um, yeah, it's those little changes that make the big difference. And you also don't ask the mechanic to turn the light off in her dash because it came on. <laughs> uh, yeah, preferably not. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's clearly a problem. It's an indicator. Listen to your car. It's trying to tell you something. Yeah, let's go figure out what it is. Exactly. Well, Matt, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Really appreciate your information. Just to be 100% clear for all our listeners, would you mind kind of giving us a list of services your company offers and then follow up with your website, social media, phone number, email, whatever you want to give out so people can get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Message Up is focused on B2B, business to business companies. And our goal is to equip those companies with effective content marketing processes and strategies. Uh, we work primarily with kind of the leadership team. So the CEO, content marketing should be led from the front. And then obviously whoever is leading the marketing efforts at that business, they, they're the ones that have to operationalize it. Um, so I guess I'll start with the books since, uh, you know, they're kind of the, 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 the material that, that we're working around. So there are two, um, 
that's a whole story to itself, how the one book became two books. But one, it's the fact that there are two audiences. One is called content marketing, mission critical. And that's aimed at, at the CEO, the business leader. The other is called content marketing, making the magic happen. And that's the book for for the financial, uh, sorry, the financial, the, uh, the, the marketing leaders in the business. Um, so we offer coaching services. So that could be uh, a one-on-one -on -one consultation with, with the CEO or the marketing leader, or it could be group with the team. Um, we do some short form versions of those where it's, you know, come in, do a quick dive, assess what's going on and, and provide guidance. More of our work tends to be on a kind of a retained basis for, for a while to work through this process, get the groundwork in place and really get the, uh, the strategies up and running. Um, so you can find, you know, obviously details of all of those, those variations, uh, on the website, which is messageup.com, um, and if you're interested in the books, messageup.com on the homepage, there's a books link on the left-hand side, and then that will take you to the links to, to several different public. The publisher itself is called Book Baby. Always encourage people to buy direct from independent press, uh, but it is all, the books are also available on Amazon and, and other fine retailers. Um, I do write a weekly blog, so you can find that at messageup.com slash framework. Um, and I also publish a weekly Substack post or a newsletter, if you prefer, on Substack. That's at messageup.substack.com. That comes out every Wednesday morning. Um, my primary social media is LinkedIn, since I'm a B2B guy. So um, search me on LinkedIn. You should find me easily there. My email address is matt at messageup.com. Um, I think that's probably it. Unfortunately, like, like everybody, I get way too many spam calls, so I'm probably not going to answer the phone unless I recognize the number. So always best email me first, or there are links on the website also to set up a time to, to chat. Excellent. Matt, it's been a pleasure. Congratulations on your success and the uh, youthness of the company. I, I see this becoming a, a big opportunity, and uh, you sound very knowledgeable. So I, I know that our listeners that uh, need help or looking for guidance can definitely benefit from reaching out to you. So I appreciate you taking the time to share your story and for helping so many businesses like myself uh, grow and scale. Well, thank you. Appreciate uh, the Perky Collar Radio Show for the invitation. And uh, yeah, keep on putting out these great episodes. I'm enjoying them. So uh, I will be recommending it to, uh, to other listeners. Excellent. I appreciate you doing so. And you've listened to another episode of the Perky Collar Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in. What is the Perky Collar? It is a collar support system for dress shirts. That's right. Over 18,000 of these amazing devices have been sold globally. How does it work? Lift the collar, add the Perky Collar with the long tapered ends on top, lower your collar on top. Adjust to make sure it's even around the collar, and that's it. You've now transformed your droopy, saggy dress shirt collar to a brand new looking dress shirt, ready to tackle sweaters, jackets, blazers, and the collar still stays nice and tall. How do you find it? The website is perkyllc.com. That's spelled P as in Paul, E as in Elephant, R as in Robert, K as in Kangaroo, Y as in Yo-Yo, LLC, LarryLarryCharlie.com. That's perkyllc.com. Get yours today, or if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, visiting or live here, feel free to come by South Park Mall's kiosk located between Francesca's and Toomey. Best entrance is Maggiano's and Cheesecake Factory. See you soon. Look your best. Have a great day. Perky LLC is a clothing innovation company. We solve clothing-related problems such as a droopy, saggy dress shirt collar, 
the pocket square that doesn't seem to sit still properly. It unfolds. It falls down. The shirt that keeps coming untucked. Collar stays that keep curling on you. And more and more issues with your belt. Cracking, splitting, holeless belts are the solution. You can adjust them by a quarter inch instead of having to go up an inch or down an inch. What about that lapel you want to use as an accent color to match a dress or as a color accent to your wardrobe? This and many other fun fashion accessories are available at PerkyLLC.com. Beyond innovation, we also have fashion accessories, bow ties, you name it, from feather to blingy to wooden, even wooden ones that move, even wooden ones that showcase the skyline of cities all across the country. Check out PerkyLLC.com for all these great fashion accessories and innovative solutions. Are you ready to publish your own book? Do you have a story to tell? Does the world need to hear your story? Now is your chance. Go to https colon forward slash go go dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. That's right. It's as simple as that. They'll walk you through every step needed to publish your own book. And watch out, be ready to be an Amazon bestseller, maybe a Wall Street Journal bestseller, or maybe even New York Times bestseller. It all starts with a single step and having the right team around you. Again, go to https colon forward slash go, G-O dot bestsellingbook.com forward slash perky collar radio show. Look forward to seeing your amazing results.